Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. Hope everybody is doing well, and thank you so much for listening and making a commitment to learning. I'm your host. I am Jordan Porter, joined by the fabulous Yvonne Brandenburg. Stop. Hello. 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 <laughs> I can't um, believe it's August, by the way. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm just exhausted from life right now. Right? <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> Oh, so true. This week, I can't believe how tired I am. I Yeah. And it's funny because my husband's out of town. So it's not even like I can use him as an excuse for keeping me up late at night because he's a night owl. <laughs> so usually like he'll try to keep me awake and I'm just like, no, it's past nine o'clock. It's time for bed. Um, But he doesn't get to be an excuse right now. And like, yeah, I don't know why I'm super exhausted. Yeah, I'm ridiculously exhausted today. And like, I slept a lot last night. I'm not really sure. But I'm also still catching up on sleep because again, I messed up my schedule, worked overnight, didn't sleep at all for two days. Um, I don't even know how you don't have like some insane cold when you do that. Um, My joints actually feel real, real crappy. Like I almost caught out of work on Monday and I never caught out of work. Um but I did ask to leave early, but it, I was a little stubborn. I only left 45 minutes early. So I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm going to leave early. You're like, Oh, I'm just clocking out a little early. It's fine. Oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. It was just like, it's been, it's been a week. Like I feel pretty crappy, but not like a cold. Like I just like my body hates me. Well, I mean, <laughs> you also have a lovely <laughs> bandage on your arm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing solid this week. I'm really doing just fantastic. If you can't again, hear my voice. Yeah. Cause again, Jordan is in the middle of packing because she's going to be moving what we can have two weeks. Yeah. A little under two weeks now. Crazy. So yeah, I was packing. I'm not, I still don't even really know how it happened. Um, honestly, <laughs> like, <laughs> So first of all, you guys, she shows up to our zoom meeting wearing a freaking sling on her arm. And I was like, when did you get that? She's like yesterday. And I'm like, okay, great. Cause I thought I was going crazy and I didn't (laughs) notice it the rest of this week. No. So go ahead, Jordan. What did, what did Jordan do yesterday? (laughs) Jordan sliced her arm open on some broken glass that I didn't, I knew it was there, but I didn't know it was there. Like I knew about it. I just, So anyway, so yeah, I have to wear the sling as long as I'm comfortable because I, it hurts to hold my arm up. <laughs> it's just, like, it's bad enough that she like got stitches, guys. She has a spots. bandage on her arm and she's wearing a sling. Like this was like major combat. <laughs> yeah, and you know what the really, really, really crappy part about it is? It's like, so I didn't want to go to the ER naturally because that's just <sighs> like I did. I didn't want to yeah. go. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll heal. Literally the only reason why I went is because like, I knew it needed stitches and it's in my tattoo. Like it's in my sleeve. No. Yeah. And I was like, if I just let it heal on its own, it's going to be horrible. It's not going to heal appropriately. Like you're going to, yeah. No, I got an X to you because I I legit like, so again, I'm not a hundred percent sure how, what, what all happened (laughs) fully. Like. I just, I, I can't comprehend what I did, but somehow I ended up falling. Like, I think I must've tripped over something. And I think oh, that's how man. like everything kind of happened. And so like, I thought I broke my arm because that hurt more than the cuts. And so, and like, mm. it swelled up super fast. Like, I didn't tell you this part because <laughs> oh, I, like, I felt dumb. And so like, I thought I broke my wrist and I'm like sobbing and I called my husband. I was like, you need to come home. He's like, do you need to go to the ER? I was like, I need to, but I don't want to. And anyway, long story short, my arm's not broken, but it's really, really badly bruised and really swollen. I think there was a lot of under the skin bleeding and it's just, it's going to be super Uh, ugly. And I got eight stitches. 
<laughs> right through my octopus. Oh no, not the octopus! Right through the octopus. The octopus. The, the doctor <sighs> did a really good job. She's like, this is really pretty artwork. And she brought it together like precisely. She did a good job. <laughs> so I have to bandage my arm twice a day for a week. That's all in the midst of me trying to move. <laughs> I know. All I can think of is how are you going to move now? <laughs> well, thankfully, like <sighs> the majority of the house is packed up already. Yeah. I was going to say, you've been, you've been working on it for a while. So. Yeah. So like all the little things are packed up and we don't have to move any of the heavy stuff really until my stitches come out. <laughs> so I think yeah. it'll work out because my stitches come out in 10 to 14 days. And so 14 days is the day after I close on my house. Okay. Oh man, I'm sorry, dude. It's been a really crappy week. Like I'm, I'm, I'm over this week and I want to hit the restart. Actually, I don't even want to hit the restart button. I just want to just forget it even happened. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Right. And it's crazy. Cause you talk about the ER. So my, my dad, um, oh, there's just like such saga with all this. Um, so he just felt like crap earlier this week and, mm-hmm. He went in and like, for me, like from an internal medicine standpoint, like it's just, it's, it's interesting. Cause it of course, like kind of translates, right. Um, so yeah. some of his liver values were up and he just had a fever and I was like, you need to go in like now. So he went to the emergency room and it was the same kind of thing, right? He got there and like, my mom wasn't allowed in cause they weren't allowing people other than whoever needed to go into the emergency room in because, yeah. Because again, you know, COVID is surging like crazy right now. So she had to wait outside while my dad kind of got like admitted and and they, they figured out he obviously he has an infection. Otherwise, why would you have a fever? Um, and like his, it's like the whole drama. And then he got transferred to like a room and my mom was able to visit. Like I visited my dad and like Thursday I went out to visit. Cause my mom's like, you need to come visit him because you may not be able to visit starting tomorrow. And I was like, ah, because again, COVID is surging. So they like have locked down the hospitals. So yeah. we're not allowed to go see him at all anymore. Um, so I like set up, um, like, uh, video chat on my dad's phone while I was there and my mom's got video chat. So nice. now they're video chat, video chatting at least, which is good. Um, so they can talk to each other, which, you know, is good. Cause like, I can't imagine just being in the, ho- well, first of all, being in the hospital sucks, Yeah, but like then to not be able to talk to anybody like other than yeah. nurses, Ugh, that's got it. That's gotta be hard. So, yeah. So there was that, and then Friday, I was like super emotional. I, it's weird because I was super emotional, but also really numb at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so over threshold with everything, which is part of the reason why I'm exhausted. So Friday was my last shift in internal medicine, which it's like, I have such like, I have such extreme like emotions on both sides of it. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm super excited and looking forward to my new position, um, because I'm going to be a clinical trainer for, for my company, um, which, which is crazy. Um, I'm, I, so I start that tomorrow. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was like really sad because for the last eight years, I've literally been in that department in the last six years. I've been with my, my doctor, um, Dr. Ensley and then Sarah and like the six, the three of us have been a team for six years. And so, you know, we just like Friday was weird. Like I tried to not like really acknowledge it. Cause I was like, if I acknowledge it, I'm just going to start crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Cause like, I don't know, like, you know, my doctor and and Sarah, they've become like my family. Like, you know, I've talked to them about everything. And so to not have that, and it's, and it was almost like a unicorn, like partnership kind of thing. I, I'm not going to say unicorn clinic, but at least a unicorn team. Um, mm-hmm. 
that we have developed. Cause it definitely wasn't like that at first. Like we had to figure out each other and how to work with each other. But now like we've just gotten to such a rhythm that it was really good. And so like, you know, taking a different position, I'm just like, did I just leave like my unicorn thing for something that's not going to be unicorn? So then I was like, oh God, what was I thinking? Um, but they always said that I can come back. So <laughs> at of least course. there's that. Oh, so yeah. And then, and then yesterday, my best friend and I, because my husband's out of town, we took their daughter and we went into San Francisco. We took the ferry, which was fun. Um, and then walked around Pier 39, had lunch, and then we were like, okay, time to go home. Um but it was nice just like being out and about and the ferry's super cool. Like it's not super expensive, but it's like you drive a boat across the bay and you get to see everything, which is super cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So I'm like, I might have to do this more often, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I bet that was nice though. Yeah. It was, it was like the only thing that sucked is in California right now, there's like 5 million fires happening again. It's that time of the year, apparently. Um, and the wind just blew it all South towards us. And so we just had like Brown skies and yesterday wasn't super clean. So I'm like out (laughs) in this smoky air. (laughs) My sinuses are so mad today. Just like, my sinuses are picky. I'm like one of their internal medicine patients. You're just like <laughs> congested yep. and yep. Like I definitely nice. caught myself like with the fan blowing on me in my house, just like waking up coughing because I'm like, ah, I can smell the smoke and it's just my HEPA filter is like trying to filter it, but it's not working as fast enough. And ugh. yay, air quality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's Fun. why my computer says smoke. <laughs> Jordan's like, it's 64 degrees in smoke. And I was like, oh yeah, smoke. That is my air quality right now. So yeah. But yeah, tomorrow I start my new job. It'll be fun. I hope so. I'm so freaked out about it. It'll be all right. It'll be fine. I think once I figure out what the heck I'm supposed to be doing, (laughs) it'll be better. (laughs) So, but yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's my week in a nutshell. That was your week in a nutshell. We have very eventful weeks, apparently. I'm ready to not have an eventful week. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be nice. We'll just like update you guys and be like, yeah, just went to work this week. That's it. Just work, just came home, went to bed, did it again the next day. Like I want Woo. one of those weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just thoroughly exhausted. So anyway, we do, oh, uh, we do have a little bit Aww. of housekeeping. Aww. I know. I just like, I can't sit comfortably. Like I keep fidgeting and just like nothing, nothing's comfortable. It's just like, I cross my arms, but then I touch my owie spot. And, I know. Mm. I know. Just. We're a hot mess. It. You guys We're hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> At least my bandaging skills are still on point. There like, you go. <laughs> You're like, don't worry. I'm a vet tech. I got this. Yeah. That's basically how it went. I was like, they're like, are you okay? Like bandaging yourself? Like we recommend it. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Like no problem. <laughs> I mean, one handed has got to be kind of weird though. It's a little tough, but thankfully, thankfully, but also really sucks. Cause like writing, like it's my right arm that got injured. So like I can use my left arm to bandage. Uh... Um, so that's a little, like, I'm, I'm not too terrible at it, but like trying to drive sucks <laughs> trying oh, to no. eat sucks you're like i uh, can't lift my arm well because like so my because again i thought my wrist was broken it's like super swollen and super Ugh. bruised so it hurts to move so like again like trying to eat i'm like trying to stiff arm it and just like into my mouth and it's just like mm. you just need to eat sandwiches with your left hand that's a good idea or chicken nuggets and french fries like so you don't have out. to like i don't know I'm going to figure out what to have for lunch today. So, cause like, again, just the way the week's been going. Um, so the puppies chewed up my debit card. Matt <laughs> leaves me the truck. Oh my God. The truck has zero gas in it. Zero, like no gas. And like, so I can't go anywhere to fill it up to go get food. I feel like you live in puppy get Yeah. 
They're just like, they chew the Wi-Fi, they chew your stuff. Oh, puppies. They're in their cage today. Um, mind you, they were actually good last night. They didn't chew up anything last night. Um, because I chewed up my debit card yesterday. Um, so yeah, no, I can't. I'm trapped in my own house because my husband is gone and left me no gas in the truck <laughs> and no way to get gas. Oh my god. Uh, I'm sorry, and I'm it's not like, laughing. Well, and you know, the dumb thing is, is like 90% of the Sundays, like I don't want to go anywhere. Like, I'm just like, no, it's Sunday. It's lazy day. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. But like, we also don't have any food in our house right now. So it's like, oh man, I'm hungry. And so it's like, I'm hungry. Maybe somebody around you can take pity on you. (laughs) Be like, Uh, be like, I have a bandage on my arm. My parents, my dad's supposed to come over later and help take some things to the dump. And by help, I mean, like, he's going to do it all because obviously I'm not doing anything. Um, And I think I'm just going to rope him in. He bought me dinner last night because he felt bad. I think I'm just going to rope him into buying lunch today, too. Nice. Good job. Yeah. It's what parents are for. Yeah. And then I also was like, by the way, I don't have my debit card and the gas or the truck needs gas. So can you fill it up? And he's like, (sighs) oh, Uh, oh man (laughs) yeah anyway we did have um we have some housekeeping to do we had a shout out not a shout out but uh a comment from last week's episode when we talked about um the herps the canine herpes virus (laughs) and feline but we talked this one's canine herpes from it it's from jenny k she says, hi, ladies. I'm a vet tech student. I've been listening to some episodes that help me learn about my new profession. I currently volunteer at a dog rescue and we have a strong foster program. We've seen pregnant females come into the foster program, deliver healthy, chunky puppies, and everything goes well until week two or three. Then the puppies all start having breathing issues, become cold, lethargic, and pass quite rapidly. Last time, all the puppies died within 24 hours. It is a devastating situation for mm-hmm. all involved. The mom was traumatized. I think it was seen in shelter medicine where puppies are come from strays, stray moms or are in unsanitary conditions. I've only heard of one case this year, but after listening to your podcast, I'm sure that most of the pups are aborted or stillborn if they are infected. Again, I am not professional yet, but I have seen the effects of the herpes canine virus and wanted to share my thoughts. Take care and happy belated birthday. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about the fact that shelter medicine, I'm sure... Yeah, no, I read that and I was like, duh, of course it'd probably be in shelters. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't, and I don't know if shelters like specifically test for it. So that's something like Jenny, did they get tested? Like did I mom mean, get tested? You probably know? not. Cause you got to remember it's shelter medicine and funds are very limited. Like right? it's just like, well that like, it's like, how do you know when the puppies are already symptomatic and on their way out? You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, because test- I mean, you're not, you're not keeping those, those pregnant, <laughs> I get to say it, you're not getting, you're not keeping those pregnant bitches like away from anybody. So unfortunately, yeah, if it's present, it's, you know, like it's a virus. It's pretty easy to. Well, and if you test the mom, and, but she's already pregnant, it's like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. So. Oh man. It's sad, but it's interesting to read. I'm glad that Jenny, uh, reached out to us about it because like it's interesting that it occurs basically how exactly how I read it (laughs) like yeah it's crazy yeah it's it's interesting because honestly like I think shelter medicine definitely deals more with like repro stuff in general Mm -hmm. than a regular veterinary hospital which is kind of weird and like I don't know it's kind of a weird situation (laughs) Like yeah. we spay and neuter everything versus in shelter, they spay and neuter usually after puppies are born already. So, or kitties, but yeah, huh, interesting. But thank you, Jenny, for that, that message. It's super cool. Um, wonder if anybody else out there, you know, is either working in dog rescue or, you know, foster and has seen similar stuff. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see um, or hear about. Any other updates on anything? I, I, well, we can't update anything yet on this one, but I'm going to tease it. We had a very cool conversation today. Um, 
And, you know, it's August. So October and vet tech week is just around the corner. So we're, we're, we're coming up with some stuff for vet tech week and, uh, we'll let you know as we get closer, but I'm kind of excited about it. I'm excited for sure. We'll let you know when we know more. Um, so this week we're going to finish out our infectious disease series for now. There's believe me, there's more infectious diseases we could talk about. Um, so this one we're doing influenza more than just the flu. Uh, it is not yet race approved again. I know we've said this a lot, but I swear we are working on this, um, for race approval. Um, but you can still use the episode for self-study, which sounds like a lot of you guys are doing that, not just for CE, but for school and for passing your VTE and, um, we've had a couple people reach out to us for their VTSs, which is crazy because it's not just internal medicine VTS. It was like uh, clinical practice and emergency and critical care and one other one. And I was like, well, that's cool that, you know, all this stuff yeah. is very much translatable. So uh, we really appreciate you guys letting us know that because I don't know, or warms my heart every time I hear it. So. So if you're in school, if you're passing your boards, if you're passing your certifications, you can use it as self-study. Heck yeah. All right. So what we're talking about is influenza today, which is more than just the flu. It's interesting because the influenza is an RNA virus. So if you guys remember RNA instead of DNA, um, so it's an RNA. Uh, there are three genres, A, B, and C. Are we going to get into A, B, and C? No, we're going to mostly talk about A. I was like, dang. I'm no, no, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. You're like, dang it. No, no, no. We're like, I'm already mostly... for three of them. <laughs> yeah, right. So an RNA virus, um, the thing to kind of remember about that is... So DNA has the double helix, RNA only has the single. So these viruses do need to replicate within a living cell to, to help with that whole like complete, um, I was going to say DNA, the complete replication. That's, that's basically what it is. So uh, the, they do need the living cells. So it doesn't really survive and replicate outside of the body. It needs to be within the body. So, um, that's unfortunately part of the reason why they're infectious. And what family does this influenza virus belong to? Um, that's what you wanted me to say. <laughs> so, uh, it belongs to the family orthomyxoxaviridae. Ooh, that was good. That was a good job. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend that that's actually what it was. Orthomethoc. Nope. Orthomyxoxoviridae. I don't know about the myxoxo. Mixo. Orthomyxoviridae. I feel like we're in Harry Potter right now trying yeah. to say it now. <laughs> Orthomyxoviridae. No, yeah. it's Orthomyxoviridae. I don't know, but um, Hermione Granger, wherever you are, please help us say this family name. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, type A influenza <laughs> virus is known to infect dogs. Um, and then there's two different influenza A types um, that it's most common in dogs uh, that cause like a dog flu virus. One is the H3N8 virus. And then the other one is H3N2 virus. Yep. And I, it, I mean, with viruses, I think it's just good to know that, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people are learning about viruses right now, but you know, it is the, when they start mutating, because that's what they do in order to not just die out completely and they have to mutate. And part of the reason they're mutating is because they're RNA viruses. So this one, the ones that we worry about is H3N8, H3N2. So remember when we talk about H1N1, that is what swine flu, H1N1 or is that bird flu? Yeah. So H1N1 is the swine flu. And you guys probably remember that that was big in the news a couple of years ago. Um, 
because of the whole cross can cross species jump and zoonoticness that it had. So interest. So kind of with that H1N1 idea. So can I influenza A, which is H3N2? Um, it is the virus. It's different from the seasonal influenza. So what we get, um, which is H3N2 viruses that spread to people. So the canine influenza is different than our flu that we get, which is very it's confusing related, but it's not the same. I don't think that they should name it H3N2 then. Like if both are H3N2, but one's canine influenza and the other one's just a seasonal influenza, like. That's kind of weird. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I wonder if it was related and it's just mutated enough that it doesn't cross contaminate anymore. But no, you know why? Because to date, there's no evidence that like canine influenza spread from dogs to people. Um, I guess that doesn't mean if it hasn't spread from people to dogs, but, um, but there's not a single report reported case of human infection with the canine influenza virus. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the way they know this is like just documentation of the DNA slash RNA, um, I wonder when they're how mapping. accurate that is, though, because like you got to think, though, too, right? That like there's people out there like me and my husband who don't want to go to the doctor for things like that. Well, not only that, but I mean, how many cases of dogs coughing, right, get tested for those specific things? That's true. And how many times would someone go to the ER and be like, I think I might have the flu or test for the flu and be like, by the way, my dog has been my coughing dog's as well. Coughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet there's some people out there who've probably said it, but I, I imagine but, no offense against the human world. Yeah. I imagine that it probably gets blown off. Like I just I imagine if- the eye rolls that happen because I remember when I said test for something zoonotic, I got eye rolls until it was actually something zoonotic. I mean, it's the same for us. Like there's not resting for us to be like a client comes in and is like, yeah, I've, I had the flu or, I mean, I know it kind of became a thing during COVID. Um, but like mm-hmm. I had the flu and then my dog started coughing shortly after I had the flu. Like we don't have the same means as the human world to like, be like, yeah, they definitely are the exact same virus. Yeah. Uh, I probably, especially over the phone have been guilty of some eye rolls. I'm like, no. They didn't get it from you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's probably why it's not reported. Cause we all eye roll. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Stop our eye Shame rolls. on us. <laughs> <laughs> guys, you guys know, you guys know. <laughs> anyway, there, there, I mean, there is way to track it though, because like, so canine influenza HN8 um, is one virus that originated in horses um it then spread to dogs and now it spreads between dogs yeah so i want to know i want to know how that process is done i guess i should have gone in further a little bit what do you mean the process of identifying it or yeah of being like this is the same virus that was in this horse in this report you know it's like well and i think it's just like it's it's you know monitoring for sickness and then at the labs they probably test which genome it is right yeah and then yeah and then say oh this is this where did this dog get it from oh it's from here so it's just really interesting like the virology of it like so scientists believe that like this virus specifically jumped species so from horses to dogs and then it basically taught it to adapt to cause illness in dogs and then spread amongst other dogs um and obviously there's definitely certain spots that it's going to spread a little bit worse like in kennels and shelters um sure but it's now considered a dog specific um virus even though it came from horses can you which is crazy yeah it's just interesting to me poor dogs they're like i'm just living my best life and they get a flu from people or wherever h2 or h3n2 came from and H3 then they get N2 one two came from birds 
oh so it comes from birds and then dogs are like ah birds and then they get the virus and then there's <laughs> these other dogs that are hanging out with horses and they're like ah flu poor dogs great thanks dogs for just letting all sorts of things mutate in you <laughs> the humans are doing the exact same thing i know we all do <laughs> Well, I mean, and that's, that's just something for us to keep in mind is that's what viruses do. They just mutate like every cold and flu season. That's why you have to get your vaccine, your flu vaccine updated because every season these viruses mutate because, because they're incorporating DNA from other things. Yeah. Um, There's been, they're definitely, so if you can believe it, there's been reports of the H3N2 virus transmitting to cats from dogs oh no yeah that's like um fun fact which other species can get bordetella from dogs do you remember this one cats nope this was the vtne slash california test question way back when i don't know if it still is bordetella can go from dogs to guinea pigs Oh yeah, no. See, Ruben's just like, <laughs> oh, you just like scrunch your nose against guinea pigs. I like them, but I'm saying my knowledge on rodents oh, is completely okay. like it's locked away. I just thought it was interesting that your dog could give your guinea pig Bordetella, and your guinea pig can give your dog Bordetella. Oh, cute little guinea pig sneezes. Yeah, they're like, and then the dog starts coughing. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. The canine flu is um, spread mainly amongst dogs through respiratory droplets that are produced during coughing and sneezing from infected dogs. Um, And then also through contaminated surfaces, kind of like we talked about with the herpes virus last week. Uh, So things like clothing, equipment, um, countertops, flooring, bars of Again, it's the flu. Same as us. It's a flu virus. Yeah. And this virus can actually remain viable, um, which means like alive and able to infect. Um, it can remain viable on surfaces for up to 48 hours, clothing for about 24 hours, and then on hands for about 12 hours, which is crazy. Wash which your hands, why people. you clean it. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine like a virus just chilling on your hands for 12 hours? Like how many, like, I mean. That's how viruses spread. I know, but I'm just <sighs> 12 hours. Yeah. Anyway, H3N8 has an incubation period, though, of about one to five days. Usually clinical signs in most cases appear two to three days after exposure. Um, And then dogs with the H3N2 can start showing respiratory signs uh, typically between two and eight days after infection. Um, So that one can take a little bit longer, but dogs are definitely most contagious during the incubation period. Ah, that's annoying. So eight days ago, my dog got exposed to it. And for eight days, it's been visiting all its other dog friends. That's how COVID is too. Mm. You know, you're most infective, like before you start showing symptoms. No. Yeah. Lame. I don't like flus. Flus are stupid. Viruses were super interesting until we got to this point. And then we're like, damn it. (laughs) Viruses. Yep. I like um, this episode. It's all right. I'm like, it's too real. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting too close to home right now. Don't worry. Next week we move on um, away from infectious diseases. Thank God. Infectious diseases suck. Infectious diseases really does suck. Uh, so these viruses can affect all species of birds and mammals, but typically it's host specific. So again, we talked about um, influenza A, B, and C. They can infect birds and other mammals as well. Um, but again, we're just talking about the canine influenza H3N2 and H3N8. Um, the percentage of dogs infected that die usually from these viruses is very small. Um, so some dogs have asymptomatic infections though, where they don't show any signs of illness whatsoever. Um, have severe infection and, um, and often lead to pneumonia. Yeah, which is annoying that some of these have asymptomatic infection, but they're still passing it around to their friends. So they're the typhoid Mary of dogs. I feel like I'm just like reliving COVID every sentence 
I mean, I mean, they're basic. They're very similar because it's a virus, right? Like it does what it's it a wants. respiratory virus. I mean, that's yes. Yeah. <gasps> so, so for all those people who are like, this doesn't make sense. How could COVID possibly spread if you're asymptomatic? <laughs> like it, it's true. Yeah. Can influenza can do that too. <laughs> yeah. Just like, also like the human, like flu that we get every winter. So the crappy thing about those is once they do have signs of illness, um, dogs will have a cough, they'll have a runny nose, fever, lethargy, eye discharge, reduced appetite just because they feel like crap. Um, but again, not all of them will show any of these signs. So well, I don't know how we would catch them. We're not going to catch them because dogs aren't going to come in and anyways. Um, this is also actually, that's a really like valid point for this too, is like, that's why, or that's another reason why we should be disinfecting between each of our patients, because even if they're not showing signs of illness, they are potentially still contagious to other animals. So especially if like for us in internal medicine, we work with some pretty severe, like immune compromised patients. And so you know, we may not realize another patient previously was exposed to influenza because it goes to the dog park, right? And is asymptomatic because its immune system is pretty, pretty good. So it's not showing signs, but it's now just like released some of the virus into the environment because it's shedding the virus. And then you have your immune compromised patient, whether because it's on chemotherapy or, you know, our immune suppressing drugs like uh, uh, cyclosporin or mycophenolate, and they just pick up the virus and now they're infected. So this is one of the reasons why it's really important for us to clean kennels in between patients, make sure that we're washing the tables, make sure we're washing, you know, our hands, spraying down, um, especially the like uh, scale, right? I yeah. think people forget the scale. Like you need to spray down the scale. Um, they have nice disinfectants out there though, that like you just spray and, and within let it dry. five, 10 like, minutes, it's good. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. so it doesn't even necessarily take like wiping down, like, unless it's obviously dirty, but we yeah. want the disinfectant part. Right. So it's like, right. there's sprays out there where you just spray it on, let it dry. And then it's disinfected. And that's yep. all we need. That's all yep. we need sometimes. That's it. Yep. Um, the other thing that's nice about this is, um, if, well, it takes about two to three weeks to recover. Some of them can develop secondary bacterial infections that can lead to severe illness and pneumonia. So it's like you're treating both, um, which is why we do antibiotics for these pets a lot of times, mm -hmm. because, Antibiotics not going to do anything for the virus, but it will help with that secondary bacterial infection. And so, you know, it'll depend on how severe the illness is, you know, if they get pneumonia or, you know, if they're compromised in other ways, potentially they could die from it if it's severe enough. Yeah. And um, a way to tell too, like if a dog already has a secondary bacterial infection. So some dogs will de develop like purulent nasal discharge. Um, yeah. So green, yellow, I always do tend to ask what color the nasal discharge is when I see a nasal mm -hmm. patient. Mm -hmm. um, they can have a fever too, running between 104 and 105. Mm. And like I said, that can definitely be caused by secondary bacterial infections. Yeah. Cause, and, and that's because their immune system is compromised, right? Like they're fighting off an infection already. So they're going to be more susceptible to other infections, which is annoying. Um, same as people, <laughs> your immune system goes down, you can get secondary things. Um, and so the most common one for, um, a nasal discharge, secondary bacterial infection is going to be like pastorella, multicida or mycoplasma species, um, so this is just something to keep an eye on, uh, the ones that are severely affected, they're going to exhibit clinical signs, of pneumonia, high grade fever, increased respiratory rate and effort. And so those are, that's, that's things that we should just be looking for in these guys and our diagnostics. I feel, I feel like, I feel like these diagnostics are kind of straightforward. 
Um, a little bit, yeah. I mean, a lot of these diagnostics, I believe I got off of Cornell's website. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, I think to chest x-rays, right? That's, yeah. you're not going to know that there's a virus with the, the chest x-rays, but you're going to know if there's pneumonia or like a consolidation of a lung lobe or other or a tumor, like other reasonings for coughing <laughs> or an enlarged heart or, you know, other, exactly other reasons. So, um, I don't know. Every time we have coughing patients, we, we, we do start with x-rays just to rule out things. Preview. <laughs> Preview. And we usually, uh, in my clinic, we do right lateral, left lateral and a VD. Yeah. Um, DV, we don't do DV a ton. I've well, done DV, DV on patients. Like, yeah, like if they're like respiratory com- compromised, usually bulldogs who can't freaking breathe on their back. Right, or they freak <laughs> out and then they can't yeah. breathe. Yeah. Um, or if we're looking at heart-specific stuff, that's when we usually do yeah. DV. But most of the times we'll do VD um, to look at the chest, so. Yeah. Um, there's also the canine influenza virus, like HI test. I think this is something that I got off Cornell's website. Uh, right now, this is considered the most reliable way to diagnose canine influenza, um, by serology. So the sample first, so it takes multiple samples. So the first sample tends to be collected at like first presentation of the patient. And then again, two to three weeks later to see if the patient has cleared the infection. Um, it's for animals that have recovered from like kennel cough, single serum samples can determine whether the animal has been infected with the canine influenza virus, like at some point in the past that led to then kennel cough. Mm. Um, but there's well, also, they're, they're checking titers, right? For this. Yeah. 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 So if you have a high titer, it's because you've been exposed to it. Yeah. And then there's uh, PCR testing which is most reliable if you use like either a nasal swab or like swabs of like the respiratory tract. So like a lot of times we'll do like the nasopharyngeal area um, mm. or the conjunctiva or up the nose. Or sometimes um, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the big difference between the two. So, so the, the serology test, part of the reason why they do the two samples, right. Is when they're first exposed to it, they don't have, their titers aren't going to be high, right? So we expect in the first day or two of having the disease, it's going to be low. And then two to three weeks afterwards, they're, they're going to have a big spike because the body's like, Oh, I need to like create the antibodies for this. So we see that titer go up. Whereas the PCR, which is the polyamorase uh, chain reaction, that's where they take it, the sample, break it down and then multiply it. So it Mm -hmm. tells them, okay, yes, we see this specific DNA in the sample and how much do we see in there? So that's why it looks for like, that's why you don't want to do a PCR after starting antibiotics. Yeah. And the PCR, <laughs> the PCR is good too. Cause it tests for more than just like one or two, uh, influenza mm-hmm. viruses, which is nice. It's yeah. like a broader screening, um, versus like, there is also like a culture available. So what it does is it like isolates the canine influenza virus. It tends to be unreliable just to confirm infection. Mm. Um, although the reasoning behind why it's un- unreliable is not really clear, but it, they think they suspect that it's the timing of like sample collection. Um, like as far as like, if it's shedding or not, probably. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So however, it, does show that like nasal swabs are more successful at isolating the virus than like nasal pharyngeal swabs. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably like where it's living and huh. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it was great too. Cause like this website had great information as to like what samples should be collected, like from a sick dog. Um, so within five days of onset of symptoms, they recommend using PCR testing, but holding on to serum. Um, and so for that, you would need the swabs, nasal swabs again, are more reliable. And then 10 days or more since symptoms started, then they recommend serology to detect antibodies, um, which I thought that this was really cool 
because it helps kind of break it down as to like what you want, what test you want to do. Right. Um, and then if dog's been sick for between five and 10 days, then they recommend using like a combination of PCR and serology. Yeah. And it's interesting because they do talk about when doing, um, the swabs to actually put a few drops of saline in the red top tube. So you want to, well, we use, we use the, we call it a red top tube, but we use the white top tube yeah, because there's no additive or, um, clotting additive added to it. Um, and then the saline, just be really careful with what saline you're putting in. You don't want to use the saline from like an IV bag. You, you want to use the saline that you're using like for, um, abdominal lavage. And the reason for that is because you don't want a preservative in the saline because the preservative can actually like interact and make things not grow. So, um, so just, that's just something to think of. And that's the same for like a bronch BAL, right? You want to use the saline without the additive in it. Yeah. Um, so again, that's the stuff they're using for lavaging, not the stuff in your IV bags. I don't know if we ever talked about that before. So I don't think we did. No, there you go. Little fun fact for today. Good job. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and you said that was from the Cornell website. Yeah. Yeah, which okay. I have um, the link in the show notes. Yeah, that's really, I mean, Corn- Cornell just has amazing website. If you haven't gone on their website, definitely go there. Yeah. You would think we Good like went to Cornell at some point. <laughs> I would like to. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'll be like one of our like trips someday. We just go, we're going to make a visit to Cornell University. And they're yeah, like, go cool. away. <laughs> yeah, probably. We're working here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so treatment for these guys does typically consist of just supportive care, just to help the dog stay hydrated and comfortable. Um, and then for the milder form of the disease, usually um, medication, again, just to make dogs feel comfortable at home. Uh, Sub-Q fluids can be given um, unless the dog is just already well hydrated. But then broad spectrum, like Yvonne said, broad spectrum antibiotics might be prescribed just to reduce the risk of secondary bacterial infection. Yeah. And I, and it's, I think it's really important for clients to understand that just like people with the flu, you're just treating symptoms and supporting them through it. Because again, we don't have great antivirals that will work for this Yeah, Um, because an antibiotic is not going to do anything for the virus. It just does stuff for these secondary issues. And I know that blows clients' minds sometimes. <laughs> Even though it's the same in human medicine. I know. Well, they don't get it in human medicine either. So. <laughs> <laughs> However, for um, our clients, just let them know that there are vaccines both to protect against H3N8 and as well as H3N2. Um, those are available in the United States. And then cleaning with disinfectants, such as what we discussed last week, uh, we went into pretty good detail last week about the herpes virus. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, and then obviously too, if a pet is showing symptoms, strongly recommend isolating that pet just to prevent transmission of the virus. Even though, again, they can definitely shed before they start showing symptoms. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the hardest part. But they should be isolated for up to four weeks because they can wow. shed. Yeah. That'd be hard for clients to do. I That'd be difficult for me to do. Could you imagine? isolating your dogs for four weeks. I mean, my dog, it would have been really easy, but (laughs) I feel like most dogs probably not so easy. Well, and I think too, like the, the flu vaccine for dogs, I think that's fairly new. Um, I want to say that was in the last like five years or something like that. Um, and it's, and, and that's a really important one. If you've got a dog who goes to the dog park or puppy daycare or the groomer or anything like that, I mean, that, that, that's a good conversation to have with the vet is, you know, is my pet at risk of it because we're going out and about. So not every dog is going to need it if they never see other dogs, but if they do see other dogs, it's, it's, it's a good one. 
And it's good for us to understand that we do need to clean off our clothes, our hands, our shoes before coming home because we don't want to infect our house with it. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. It's the tip of the week. So this week's tip of the week, I've got the two. One is using a saline that doesn't have a preservative in it. And the second is making sure you clean off your scrubs, your shoes, your hands before you go home. Or I don't do this and I should, you know, change in the garage or something like that before you come into the house. Pretend it's Parvo. Pretend everything has Parvo. Yeah, exactly. So that's our, that's our tip of the week for you guys. And now for the question of the week. How was everybody else's week? Did you guys have an easier week than Yvonne and I? <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I, I, yeah, I <laughs> mean, we got stitches, hospitalizations, we got new jobs. I mean, I, I, I'm moving. I think there's very few stressors that we have left out for this week. Um, so yeah, I'd like to know if everybody else had a better week than us. I'd like to live vicariously through someone for a minute. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Doesn't take much. All you have to be like is I didn't, I didn't have to get stitches. (laughs) 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 Restart. Tomorrow's Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for everybody else, tomorrow's Wednesday. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, have a wonderful week. We hope that you are doing well. (laughs) you know we we hope we do well but we hope you're doing well (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh we're you know keep a keep an ear out because we'll be we'll be talking some stuff up in the newsletter that we won't we'll announce some stuff through the newsletter first before anywhere else so if you haven't signed up for our newsletter now's a good time to do it just to kind of hear about some of our vet tech week stuff that we're we're working on um so if you want to join there, you can go to internalmedicineforvettex.com and there's like the newsletter. So join us kind of thing. So we'd yeah. love you to join. All right. Anything else we want to talk about before we run away for the week? Nope. I don't think so. All right. Stay guys. safe, everybody. <laughs> Wash your hands. <laughs> Clean your scrubs. Yep. Keep yourself Keep safe. Your shoes outside. Wear, wear your masks because people are gross. <laughs> yep. All right, guys, have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettex.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.